many things happen to people. To every person, something happens. Whatever happens, it may not be your fault, but it's your responsibility. This is Now Tell Us. I'm your host, Anthony Muirore. At Now Tell Us, we have guests come and tell us stories. They come and inspire us. They come and educate us on a subject. And always, we have great guests. We have always had some great shows. Thank you to each and every one of you who keep watching them. And that's why we are encouraged to keep bringing them. And thanks also to every guest who's been here on our show. Today we have a special guest. His name is Duck, Dan McQueen. And he's going to be here shortly. And that's exactly what he's going to be telling us about. It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. So I'll ask you to please join me as we go together to meet our guest today. Dan, here we go. Hello, Dan. Hi, Anthony. How are you doing today? I'm doing cool. And how about you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. Yes. Where in the world are you? I'm calling in today from Vancouver, BC, Canada. Beautiful. Beautiful. And thank you for coming to our show. Hey, I appreciate the invitation. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's such a great honor to have you here. And uh, we believe that we are going to... Have a great time together. That's all. Yes. Let's remind the viewer or the listener to please share this with your friends because great things are ahead and stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Now, to get us started, I'm curious to know what Dan does currently before we go back in time. Yeah. So right now I'm a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing my story about my experience, my mindset, my, my grit, my attitude. And I'm talking to organizations and associations across BC, Canada. And I've also done some gigs in London as well. So I'm an international speaker. Mm. Uh, I am making this work one day at a time. It's very frustrating. It's very difficult, but it's very purposeful, very driven. I'm very committed to what I want to do. And it lights me up, so I'm pretty excited about that. That's wonderful. We need people like you all over the world because uh, people are going through challenges every single day, and without someone to remind them, hey, you can make it, hey, keep going, hey, it takes your courage, your persistence to uh, face another day positively and continue living. Now, without such a person, then <laughs> people are going to lose hope and give up on life. So we thank you for that courage. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's like I'm, I'm sharing the compass with you, not not the map, because like your map may not be a brain hemorrhage, but it will be a breakup, a job loss, a diagnosis for you or a loved one. I want to share with you the compass that can help you navigate through these difficult times. And like that's it's the same across all the boards, the adversity, 
resilience, hardship. Like I can show you a map of how to navigate this stuff, right? Mm. Which is why I'm kind of driven so, to speak through my message. We need a compass. So we'll find our way there. <laughs> now, uh, let's go way back in time. Please tell us your story. What brings you here? Where are you coming from? And how have you <laughs> maneuvered your way using your compass? Yeah, so the compass, well, it all started back in 2014 in jolly old London, England. I was living there working in tech for a company called Hootsuite. Mm, I know that. You know Hootsuite? Okay, cool. So I was having these headaches that were getting persistently worse. Mm -hmm. like blinding headaches. I was on the tube one day, the tube's how you get around London. And my vision went black for three minutes. I made my way to the platform and then the vision came back after three minutes, but I knew something was horribly wrong. Mm. So I went to a the second time. They thought it was vertigo and they sent me home. Mm -hmm. But they told me on the way out that I could always get my eyes checked at an optometrist should the headaches continue. So the next day the headaches continued and they were getting they were getting worse and, and worse and worse. And I said, you know what? Let's go to the optometrist and get this sorted. So I went to the optometrist, Mr. Patel stopped the exam midway through the exam when I was in his chair. He left the room. Mm. And he comes back five minutes later with a sealed envelope. And he tells me, you need to go directly to the eye hospital and give them this. So of course I went home first to grab a Jack Reacher book by Lee Child and a bite to eat and a phone charger. I figured I'd be in for a bit of a wait and I want something to read and, and also some resources to make the day work and make this happen. I want to get to the bottom of this case, right? Mm -hmm. At Moorefields Hospital, they ran the same tests, then escalating up to Charing Cross Hospital. It turns out I had a dangerous buildup of pressure in my brain caused from a non-cancerous cyst in my head. Mm -hmm. Turns out I required emergency brain surgery tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Turns out my world's about to change altogether. So after a frantic back and forth with folks in Canada, I sent the last text message to her, which said, hey, mom, I think I'll have a new haircut next time I see you. Love, dad. Mm -hmm. And she was in the air flying to London on June 21st, 2014, when I was on the operating table. Something went horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. I had a massive bleed in the brain, a brain hemorrhage. They think the cyst burst when they operated. Mom lands and finds I'm in critical condition. I was in a coma for four weeks. Four I was weeks. in that consciousness for months after that. Things were dicey, touch and go. Mm. All of a sudden, then I was learning how to walk, talk, and smile again. Mm. So that's kind of where things take off for me, Anthony. Wow. Now, what a situation. I mean, you can be fine today and in a few hours find yourself in a different position and situation and you never can tell how that happens and it's four weeks in a coma and now the person we are talking to is not in a coma definitely we can tell and there are some ways and things that have brought him where he is right now and this is why we are here to listen to you how did it pick up from there well, so I was in under consciousness for months after this. Like, uh, it was dark. It was low. It was in and out of consciousness. I wasn't sure what was happening. Being told, like, hey, Dan, you had a brain hemorrhage. Uh, you're, you're, you're in the hospital now in London, England. Our family's here. But 
you know, you've had this happen to you and I'm trying to wrap my head around this. And it took me a few months to get my head around this. Right. And like, I had breathing tubes put into me. I was getting food, but fed by a feeding tube, which I'd rip out all the time. So they put mittens around my hands so I couldn't rip it out, but I'd work my way on the hands and the mittens and eventually get it out and rip it out. But every time I ripped it out, they'd have to put it back down and x-ray me to see if it was in my lungs and on my stomach or my stomach and my lungs. So I lost a ton of weight. So it was, it was difficult. They kept ice blankets above and below me to keep my core temperature down because the part of your brain that regulates heart rate and, and your body temperature had broken during the hemorrhage. Well, it was not broken, but it was injured. Mm. This led to violent shivering. This lasted on and on for about a week. My family says it was horrible to watch. And coming to seeing my mom, dad, and brother around the bed, and I, I can't talk because I'm my tracheotomy had been taken out and I couldn't speak for a few days. Mm. And I pointed at my brother, I go, you, give me a pen and paper. And I wrote, get me out of here. It's like, what do you want me to do with that, man? You, you had one eye wonky as hell. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. What do you uh, but it was uh, it was a pretty wild time. So it was very uh, scary. Uh, we we can we can almost see that situation. Such a scary situation. And what was the response? Did, did they take out of you, uh, you out of there or what, what happened? No. So he, he didn't take me out. Thankfully I was in the hospital for months after this. I was in Charing Cross for about two, three months. And then I went to Wolston rehab center. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, I was there. My goal of Wolston rehab center was to learn how to walk again. I was in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. in a wheelchair for two, three months. My leg had frozen at an angle when I was in the ICU. So it had atrophied, the muscle had atrophied. So I had to stretch it out. I had to wear a splint one hour a day. I'll tell you the story about wearing the splint if you don't mind, Anthony. Mm. So the splint was pretty horrific to wear. It was my worst experience in the hospital was this, this effing splint. And the first night I wore the splint through the night, no issue, no stress. This will be easy. I thought this will be easy. Mm. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. The second night after 20 minutes, it was painful. After 30 minutes, it was dreadful. After 40 minutes, it was unbearable. I told them we got to take the splint off. But I told them tomorrow we're doing this for an hour. I'm a walker. I can handle the splint. So I thought. So third day, they wrapped my leg. They give me the clicker, the nurse call button. And they go patrol the Wolfson Ward. Now, the Wolfson Ward was an L shape. So short on this side, long on this side. Short on this side, long on this side. And they leave me in that hospital room that smells like only a hospital room can smell. Sterilized, sanitized. It's clean, but it's like, what are you covering up? You don't, you know, there's something that's covering up that you don't want to know about. After 10 minutes, the leg's painful. After 20 minutes, the leg's dreadful. After 30 minutes, the leg's unbearable. We're doing this for an hour? This is insane. Mm -hmm. I can't make this work. I start passing a clicker back and forth, trying to distract myself from the pain. Now, one thing I've got from the first brain injury, Anthony, is I've got double vision, which means I get the pleasure of seeing two of you. Mm -hmm. uh, but it means I can't see much of this clicker, right? So I'm passing this clicker back and forth. As the pain ratchets up, my throws get more enthusiastic. Till eventually, inevitably, I drop the clicker on the floor. 
I look over the edge of the bed. I see the clicker there lying back at me. The mm -hmm. solution to my problem right there, if I can only get that clicker, I can solve this issue, right? Mm -hmm. Only problem was I thought a fall from that height on the hard linoleum floor might break my arm. In fact, I figured about a 50-50 chance of breaking my arm. The coin flip. Not the best odds. Mm. I changed tack. I'm pawing at the splint, but I cannot do it. It's done at the ankle, not at the hip. I'm not that flexible. I can't reach it. Help. Help, I yell. The word the wolf is an L-shape, right? Short on this side, long on this side. Mm. Short on this side, long on this side. They're far into the ward. They can't hear me yelling for help. No one's coming to save you. I decided I'm going to flip the coin. I'm going to drop down to grab this cover. Even if I break my arm, at least I get the splint off my leg. And that's my number one priority right now. Mm. I'm sure it will change once the splint, once the arm breaks. Well, let's hope that it doesn't happen. So I lower myself up the edge of the bed and I crash down. It's a yard sale, blankets, wires, cables. It's all a go. The arm, would you believe it holds? And I hammer the clicker, expecting the nurses to come bursting into the room to come to the rescue. They kind of strolled in five minutes and said, oh, what are you doing the floor, love? Let's not worry about it. I tell them, let's get the splint off my leg, please, and I'll tell you all about that. <laughs> so the reason why I'm telling you this story is I learned three lessons from this experience, Anthony. Mm -hmm. First is let's not pass the clicker back and forth. That's a bad idea. Bad idea. Mm -hmm. Second was let's always just splint up at the hip, not at the ankle. That way I can undo this should this happen going forwards. And the third and probably most profound was let's always, always, always be solutions-oriented on this point going forwards with this injury. Mm. Focus on how you can fix your problem, not what the problem is. How can I fix this leg issue? Get the clicker. How do you get the clicker? You drop down and grab the clicker. Nothing else matters in the world besides that clicker. The sick man wants one thing. The healthy man wants a thousand things. When you can narrow down your focus to what fixes your problem and then and there, you can make massive gains. Now, that was, you know, a big part of that was my fault. Pass the clicker back and forth. But, like, I was willing to flip a coin to break my arm to grab the splint off my leg. That's how painful this was. Mm -hmm. I couldn't make it another half an hour. There's no way I could have made another half an hour for that, right? That's an indication to show you how difficult this was to wear the splint. Mm -hmm. And now I, you know, with the help of that, I was able to start walking the hallways of the Wilson. Slowly but surely building up my strength and my steam on the Zimmer frame. Then he moved to the Ferrari. Now, the Ferrari is a four-wheeled walker that was in Ferrari Racing Red that you could kind of waddle around quickly. And I'm going fast. I'm having fun here. Then I moved up to the Naked Walks. Now, what's a Naked Walk, you may ask? It's nothing too raunchy or sexy. Don't worry about that. It's just me walking without sporter aids. I was walking naked. The term kind of stuck. It was long road down to get to the Naked Walks. But, man, I'm just happy to move. I'm having fun here. Gamification is a big part of my vibe, like Ferrari, Naked walks. Like, I'm having fun here. Turn down the suck a little bit and make this happen. I'll share one more story, Anthony, if you don't mind, about walking into Broadway. Would you be okay with that? Go ahead. Go ahead. So, just to paint the scene here, Tune Broadway is an area in South London. So, Anthony, have you been to London? I haven't. I wish to. Okay, one day, one day. One day. It's close by in Greece. Well, it's not that close to Greece, but, well, it's kind of close to Greece. Anyways, an area in South London called Tuning Broadway is what they call up and coming, mm -hmm. which means it's dodgy as, think loud sirens, drugs, gangs, dirty, hectic, busy. I'm walking with a cane. I'm walking with an eye patch. I'm Bambi on ice, right? I turn the corner to walk on a Tuning Broadway for the first time in a few months. Immediately, I get slammed into by someone. 
I stagger back a few feet. Someone scurries past me on the right-hand side. I thought I was done with the rats. Someone had been stabbed on the sidewalk over here. I'm walking around him. Thinking this is a pretty wild place on her to walk, man. Hmm. After a few days of this, I was thinking this is the worst place on her to walk in the world. Can't they see I'm trying to walk here? Can't they see I'm trying here? And then one day my perspective shifted. Maybe this isn't the worst place to walk in the world. Maybe this is the best. If I can walk here, I can walk anywhere. Hmm. No, Chin probably didn't change, right, Anthony? Mm -hmm. From the worst to the best in my mind, I'm going to reflect on that. What are you looking at in your life you're convinced is the worst? Convinced is the absolute worst. Hey, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Mm. Maybe you can find a way to turn down the suck a little bit. Maybe you can find a way to shift your perspective a little bit. The reason why I'm telling you a story is you can change the way you look at the world. And when you do, oftentimes your world changes. Mm. If you change the way you look at the world, most often the world changes. That's interesting. That's, that's a good perspective. Yeah, like, and I believe that fully because I believe that Tutankhamun was the worst place on her to walk in the world. None of the best because it was difficult. It was trying. If I can walk here, I can walk anywhere. Mm -hmm. And when you shift that perspective, that the the strife, the the contact, the the people cutting you off, people bumping past, you're like, good, you're making me better. Bring it on. Like you relish that that fight. And you know, like, oh, woe is me. This isn't fair. Can't you see I'm trying to walk here? Like, no, you bring it on. This is making me better. This is phenomenal. And like that little switch in perspective made all the difference. And like little things in life come up, like you don't get the promotion. You, you know, someone's mean to you or it's like, good. There's this, this the video from Jocko Willing called good. And everything he says, like that's horribly bad. He always says good because that means something else good will happen. Mm. And that's not always fair to say because it's kind of like a silver lining of things. And that's always not a nice thing to do to people to say like, well, at least, at least this. Mm-hmm. And that's not always fair to do because it's not really hearing the person for what the problem is and their issue is. But there's always going to be some good that happens from something bad that happens. The worst, know the best. If you can get your mind around that, life's a lot lighter and simpler when you do that, right? Mm. And it was that's a rant and a half for you. Wow, wow, wow. You've been through things and now you bring this perspective to someone who may be going through things or could go through things in the future at some point, because you never know. It only matters with how you look at things, that your perspective and the action, the decision that you take to flip a coin, whatever is going to be, is going to be. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like if you can change the way you look at it, like honestly, like your world is, your world is that little small space. It's like you know the six inches in front of your face. Like the worst know the best. Like and when you actually believe that, mm. then it opens up for you tremendously, right? It's phenomenal. Mm. Sure. Now you started walking. You walk. Do you, how 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 fast now can you go now since you recovered? Yeah. <laughs> that must 
I'm a pretty fast walker now because I realize you got to walk with intention. Okay. Especially in London, you got to walk like you know where you're going and you're walking into the purpose. Mm-hmm. But how I built up my walking is I got these things called hacks. Anthony, I'd love to share one with you and your listeners. Would that be okay? Go ahead. So this one I call icebreakers. 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 So think about an icebreaker in the Arctic, right? It's Mm -hmm. clear on the ice, creating a path for you to walk. You want to find an icebreaker in these busy areas in London, the circuses. Piccadilly Circus, Oxford Circus, also Victoria Station. It's a gong show. Everyone's walking in every single direction. It's chaos. It's madness. It's it's, it's beyond comprehension. Mm. You want to find an icebreaker, someone walking in your direction, and walk right up behind them and let them break the ice for you. You save that bandwidth. With the brain injury, I've got something called fatigue now, which is a constant one of my vibe. I say my battery is about 75% of what it used to be, which means my battery just drains at 75%. Below 50, I'm not as pleasant. Below 30, I'm like less, I'm a bit of a prick. The, the batteries are real things. So we got to conserve it every chance I get. So you find these icebreakers, a pram, um, a stroller, uh, someone walking their weird gate, a couple like walk behind them, let them deal with the oncoming strife and traffic. Mm. I built myself up through this gamification, right? I'm having fun with these games of, of like walking in, in London and making, you know, turning down the suck in these certain environments. Like how can I make it less sucky? Like find an icebreaker, make, make fun of the situation, like improve and build yourself back up. But it's like, now I walk pretty fast, but I, I've, I've, built it up after over years of, of mm-hmm. doing this and just kind of striving up. Mm-hmm. Like I walk now and because the delusion I've still got, like I can't always see the ground that well. Right. But I walk with intention and purpose because what, what else are you going to do? You're going to stumble and walk slow. Like, no, I'm going to walk with intention and hope the ground's solid, which is good because in Vancouver, the sidewalk's a lot more smooth than it was in London. Mm-hmm. In London, the sidewalk's a lot more rough and broken and a bit, a bit of a dumpster fire, but in Vancouver it's pretty, pretty good, which is nice less stumbles and trips here, but um, you just adapt and move forward with it, right? Like it's everything in life. Like you just kind of learn to change your perspective on it and just kind of adapt to it, right? Mm. Walk, with the, walk with intention, hoping that the ground is solid. It's stable. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good one. It's a good one. Now, talk of, talking about ice, and then I discovered that somewhere in your profile you mentioned something to do with kind what what's got you what what you've got to do with kind with what sorry skying 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 on ice skying on ice ah. uh i'm not sure i follow i'm sorry anthony okay that that that, that could be something that was in the past uh, something to do with goal, goal setting and skying. Anyway, now goal setting, goal setting, skiing, skiing, skiing. Uh, oh, that, we pronounce it. <laughs> we pronounce it differently from my side of the world. <laughs> okay, sorry, man. Skiing, yeah, yeah, skiing. Okay, cool. I got you. So skiing. Yeah. So I um I skied last winter, right? And that's a big thing for me because. When I was in Charing Cross early days, I, they, they asked me, Dan, what do you want to get back to doing? What's the most important thing to get back to doing for you? And I used to play a lot of sports growing up, like uh, hawker, hockey, soccer, volleyball, softball, skiing. And they asked me, what do I want to get back to doing? I thought this is a big question. I got a good answer to this. Mm-hmm. And 
I thought it would be the most difficult to get back to doing it. Uh, skiing would be the most difficult. Balance, core strength, depth perception, double vision, which I have now, would make things interesting. Gauging obstacles at speed. If I could ski again, I'd have to end up pretty way physically, I thought. Hmm. So I told them I want to ski again. They paused and thought about it. And, okay, they said. What I'm sure was a nothing exercise. Nothing exercise for them was like has been burned in the back of my mind as something I'm gunning for. So I was asked when I wanted to make this goal happen. I said 2022, 10 years from the last heat trip I was on. Mm-hmm. That happened to be this past winter. So we're into March, which is pretty late, spring spring springtime conditions here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I brought the skis in the shop that get waxed. They get sharpened, but they couldn't adjust my bindings, which is what holds your feet to the skis because they were too old. And for liability reasons, they couldn't work on those. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. I thought, no big deal, no stress, no pressure. So I didn't think I would need those too much anyways. We took a stab on March 31st. Beautiful sunny day, which is phenomenal because when you're skiing in the springtime, if it's raining on the base, you're raining on the slopes, and skiing in the rain is the worst. But I remember an old hack at the base of the mountain. And this is like a great hack that I remember when I used to ski race. Mm-hmm. That you want to be the last one on the gondola. That way you, the doors close behind you. And you can rest your skis and your poles in this little nook there. And you got your hands free to ride up on the, on the gondola. So we're on the gondola ride going up. And I'm thinking, geez, I really hope this comes back. <laughs> if it doesn't, you're kind of hooped because you're going to the mountain now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go over the first tower. We go over big forwards, big back. Now, if you could all close your eyes, please, Anthony, including yourself, I'll take you up the last leg of the mountain if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel a nip of cold on your cheeks. Not much, but enough to let you know you're at altitude. We're going to dock at the station. We're going to walk through the station with all our gear clomping around, clomp, clomp, clomp. Walk into a wall of sunshine. It's a beautiful bluebird day. Sun's out, gun's out, baby. Big inhale. Smell the pines, the trees, the fresh air, the snow. Down the stairs, clang, clang, clang onto the snow. Crunch, crunch, crunch. It's soft back. It's spring. You can open your eyes, please. So we got situated in the hill with the boys. And then we ripped it. I got a great video of myself skiing down the hill. Carbon turns like I never missed a day. I, I was an instructor after university for a while, so I remembered this old hack to put your pretend like they're poles when your arms like this, and that way you just pivot your lower body to ski. And I skied like I never missed a day. It was phenomenal. The fastest I've been to the brandry. Mm. That was a goal that I had that was you know ten years in the making, but a goal that when I said it out loud, it was a moonshot goal, Anthony. I didn't think it was possible. Mm-hmm. I said it out loud because that would be so phenomenal to get back to skiing. Wouldn't that be great if I could do that? Now, the double vision made things a bit slower. I had to ski in the sunshine. I had to adapt to it. But I was skiing. And I didn't think that would be possible to do. That's an example of goal setting that I want to use. And that's an example that I, I share in my, my talks as well. Wow. Something that you may be thinking is impossible. You can actually do it. Yeah. So thank you very much, uh, Dan, for that, for everything that you've shared with us here. 
Now, we are just about to come to the end of this show, but we would like you to just tell us now how we end it up, how we summarize everything uh, that happens. And we say, yeah, that's not my fault, but then I'm going to take my responsibility on it. How, how about that? Yeah, like it, like it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. It means like it's not my fault that I had a brain hemorrhage, right? Yeah. Card was in my hand, but you know what? It's my responsibility to play out the hand. They say the odds of you being a human being are 400 trillion to one. 400 trillion to one for you to have a, a, a bat in the first place, a life in the first place. Mm-hmm. I had this card in my hand that just happened to your brain hemorrhage. And they couldn't have avoided it. A fluke incident just kind of happened, but like, hey, it happened. Mm-hmm. We're going to muck the whole hand because of this? No, I'm not going to muck the whole hand. I'm going to take responsibility and improve my lot and make the best of this I can. Mm-hmm. That's you having a life are so small, so minute, so ridiculously small that like what a waste it would be to throw this life away because of that one bad hand, card in the hand. Mm-hmm. You play it out and you play to the best of your ability every day. I wake up with intention. I go to the gym. I cold shower. I meditate. I armor up for the day and I set up with intention to make this happen because I get to do this. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. Mm-hmm. And that perspective shift of the worst, you know, the best if you can get yourself into that mindset and that game, hey, man, it's easy. It's easy for you. The worst, know the best. Honestly, that makes all the difference. Wow. That makes all the difference. That's, that's wonderful. And thank you for sharing your story with us and uh, the lessons that we draw from your experiences. And since now you tell us you're a speaker, I know there could be someone somewhere you never know who could be interested in having you come and share your stories with your audience as you've said that you go to companies organizations and all those people who are willing to listen and are willing to learn some lessons from you how how do they do that how do they connect with you how do they invite you yeah thank you anthony so the best is to go to my website mcqueendan.com that's m a c q u e-e-n-dan.com you can see my demo reel on there and engage me directly for speaking opportunities so thank you for that anthony yes you're most welcome so once again to all who are watching go to markqueendan.com that's m-a-c-q-e-u-e-e-n-d-a-n.com and connect with dan once again, we really thank you, Dan, for taking your time to be here with us at Now Tell Us. It's been such an honor, and thank you for everything that you've shared with us. Anthony, I appreciate you your time. Thank you so much, my man. Yes. So that's about it. Thank you to all the viewers. Thank you to all those who listen on the podcast platforms that we upload our podcast on. And now that reminds me, there's a time that you used to do, to do a podcast oh do you still do it yeah so i have a i'm the podcast is on hold right now okay uh but it's it's i'm gonna try and get it back going in the next year or two it's uh called play loose look tight documenting the process of life after it's a podcast about my life after a brain injury mm-hmm. it's a to look at like hacks and strategies and expressions it's a fun podcast with a heavy <laughs> heavy tones with it but it's quite light and good-hearted does that make sense oh that's good so uh, people should be tuned in to when you bring it back on yeah, play sure. loose look tight 
Yeah, and so what that means, Anthony, is a life mantra. Okay. If you can live your life in four words, it would be play loose, look tight, play loose, job de vivre, have fun. Play is the first word. You want to make life about play. Mm -hmm. Play loose, you want to be a bit sporadic and, and, and go with the flow and feel things out. But you also want to look tight. So look tight being like with intention, look on purpose, show up on time with intention and, and preparation and, and make sure you're ready for the stuff like this. So play loose, look tight is the life mantra in four words. Yeah, but thank you for letting me plug that as well. Thank you, Anthony. Play loose, look tight. That's the podcast that Dan does. And he says, that should be your life mantra. Play loose, look tight. No doubt, brother. Yeah, that's about it for today. This has been Now Tell Us. I've been your host, Anthony Murore. And our guest today was Dan McQueen. And uh, we are reminding you, please, it's not your fault. Whatever happens, it's not your fault. But then it's your responsibility. Where do you go from here? Just just go and do something that is going to be good. And with that, we say bye for now. Until next time. Peace. Peace.